0: Should I put my name? Listen, we're live now. Welcome to the In The Money podcast. What's up? Well, my boy, Jeremy Chen. Let's do it. AKA The the Worm. Yeah,
1: I decided to put The Worm. My real alias is Jeremy Chen, but, you know, uh, people know me as The Worm here in Cleveland. I figured it was appropriate based on my my nickname in uh, the poker world. I'm not proud of it because, obviously, the movie Rounders and whatnot. But uh, if you've seen that movie...
0: is that where it comes from? No.
1: In fact, it's not. But what's interesting is uh, it was my basketball nickname. And when everyone met me in the poker world in in Cleveland, it was kind of fitting because, you know, the movie had launched and people were, were interested to find out. It's kind of like an intimidation poker name to have the worm. You're kind of like, damn, I, I wonder if it is poker. But it was actually from basketball. My coach gave me the nickname. so.
0: Hey, funny enough, man, how did you even get into poker? Like what, what was your, your, how'd you get introduced to that?
1: It's interesting you asked that, you know, it was originally my grandfather uh, would have, you know, these family poker games and he was always gambling, my grandfather, you know, whether it was horse tracks or uh, poker. And he would always take me to these events and I always had a, you know, fascination with cards, you know, like magicians and, he knew a lot of magic tricks and he would show me, you know, the cards and he'd buy me a deck and I'd be shuffling them. And then I'd, I'd see these guys playing poker. And I really had uh, a, a good understanding, even as a child of, you know, what you should and shouldn't do with, you know, two card games whether you have four cards in your hands, five card, they played rummy, everything. And it was just one of those eras where that's what they like to do with shoot cards. And so I, I just picked up early and uh, finally, when I, when I got into college, you know, I, I, I heard actually about your house game was one of like the, the more serious games I ever went to. And, uh, you know, my, my heart was racing. I think I only had like 150 bucks in my pocket at the time. And uh, they took me to the game. And I remembered I was hooked because if you remember the first time I came to your game, I killed everybody because I was playing untraditional poker I was, I was, I was theatrical at that time and, you know, I was, no
0: one one could read you. No one knew what you had.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I kind of knew that like the, the game was in its adolescence. So like, you know, what I knew I felt like I already had an edge, whereas like the game hadn't really been exposed in a way that it is now. And uh, yeah, there was definitely some type of competitive edge back then with just being yourself and always is that way. You know, if you, if you're you're yourself at the table, I I think those who are themselves thrive in the game and people who try to go outside themselves and do things like that, they're stretching and then they end up in bad places. So yeah, I mean the game is still as crazy as I remember it being, but yeah, it was actually one of your games that really got me, you know, wanting to go back for more. And, uh, it was the most competitive, uh, place to play poker. I definitely know that. And, uh, yeah, I mean that was really, you know, pre-casino era. That was where you 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 you, you had to find a good game, was a good house game. So yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know, I don't know. I still hear that the house games are still going um, in Cleveland, even though they have the the casino, funny enough, but um yeah, the the casino came in. Now you've have you played downtown? And
1: yeah, I played downtown. And what's ironic is I don't I play less house games. Now, it's not necessarily like the thoughts of the shade that happens at a house game, whether it's, a, a, you know, uh, a fixed dealer, whether it's a, a robbery. All, you know, there's all these different negative feelings that, you know, come with house games, because if you're in the history of poker out here in Cleveland, you know that the house games run great when they're running but there's times where these shady individuals from all over the earth end up, you know, filtering through there and there's nobody, you know, checking, you know, people's, you know, background check mm. and, you know, finding out, you know, who's doing what. And so, there's that element to the house games.
0: Now, you know what I always found fascinating was whether it's a house game or the casino you meet such an array of people like at the table, like you could be sitting down with lawyers, cops, judges, drug dealers, stick up kids, you know, like, you know, people who just work like, you know, mechanics, like you can just sit down and you, it's, it's not one sided to where it's like, Oh, only these type of people play. Um, It's the chemistry
1: of poker that people aren't talking about. You know, I mean, that's what the chemistry you want to go feel at the game. It's not just the cards. And some people don't understand that. You know, it's like it's kind of like a social club. But, Mm. you know, that social club comes with a mixture of people. And I think that's what brings attraction to the game is the diversity on the tables. And not to mention that, you know, there's there's all types of money in that stratification of people. So it makes the game. A little bit more interesting to 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 play with when you really don't know people's financial setting or their background, and you you try to assume, and then you know sometimes that's where you get into trouble as well. Is you have you have you have thought wrong that they're not calling you down with you know <laughs> seven five offsuit all in because they just don't give a shit, and so you can't just judge a book by a cover. We know that, especially in Cleveland, you definitely know that, and. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be conscientious of all walks of life. You know, no matter how down someone is, you know, on that table, it's only a matter of time before you're them and they're you, they got the, chi- they got your oh. chips, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny enough. Cause me and you both are in business and it's yeah. been such a long time since I've, I, I mean, even in when I, when I, when I started business with the restaurants with Panini Joe you know um i literally stopped playing cards like that day like i I didn't touch cards for years um but it's funny i never really told anybody about my past playing cards and doing all that whatever it is running games and um because it has this negative thing but what i've realized is that there is a direct correlation to why and how i do business is the same almost as me playing cards. Yeah. And I, isn't that, so I, I find that like fascinating that like there is this correlation to, to what I did in my past to what I love to do now.
1: Well, you know, let's, let's get down to it. And you know, that's, yeah. it, we, we, we've talked about this a lot. And it's one of those things where like, you don't want people to know about your poker game in business sometimes because you feel like there's this feeling where there's the financial, you, you look like a financial psychopath in in your decision making, based on the fact that you may be quick to, you know, make an executive decision that flunks the entire bank account, and mm. you made an irrational business move based on you playing irrational poker. Where, but you know th- that that's the thing is like you can never portray to someone exactly what it is from poker that has benefited your business based on the fact that your 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 the times people like to judge you is based on your losses not your wins. And so mm-hmm. they would never go, "Oh my god, he's a great businessman because he knows, you know, he can win here." And they don't ever see that. They go, "Oh, he went all in and he lost the one hand and he's he was out of the tournament." And so they figure, "Hey, Oftentimes, they're very judgmental. People on this planet are judgmental to the point where, you know, you you had made quality moves throughout 90% of the time. And they go, oh, that, that 10% of the time you made a bad decision, they go, oh, that guy's high risk. But that's not the case. Uh, if they could only really know your real poker strategy and see how tight you really are and how that would play off in business and how really nickel and dime you, you are to where you weren't calling with even an ace jack in a certain situation. But they might not know that. And so oftentimes I feel like, yeah, people don't want to show that side because there is the high chance of failure within the game. And we poker players, we really know that, that there is a, a high chance of failure, uh, you know, and the, the thing is, it's kind of like a baseball batter. And if you're not showing the championship ring every single time, they're thinking, well, what you're, you're just gambling. So that's where I finally decide to say, screw it as well. And you know what? People are going to either love you or they're going to hate you, but you better just come right and live in the light no matter what. And if that's just being yourself and playing some poker, they might find out as you progress in this thing, or you place in a couple tournaments, like, oh, this guy makes power decision moves and start respecting that game. So I used to dread it, but then – When I took on some software that took investments and they would Google me, and the first picture you see is me with poker chips in in Cleveland's Poker Casino, and that's the first thing you see, they sometimes have told me that, hey, at least they have a guy who's out there trying to win. And if it's not trying to win, and he is winning, it means something. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're high risk. It means that you have you have a a competitive spirit in you. And that's where I'm at with it is I, I I have a really competitive spirit and it's one of those places you can truly go compete and you're all for yourself. You don't have to worry about your two teammates fumbling the bag and it's on you. And it's a great game because it has, you know, monetary rewards and not a lot of games that you want to play are even fun if they don't have some type of reward. And that reward system to me is like enough to be, Hey, that's, I'm comfortable. And if those who have never sat in a poker room where they're not comfortable in a poker room, you're crazy. Cause when I go in there, I feel my grandfather. I don't know about you. Do you feel some type of like, like energy from your past or people that had represented the game to you? Do you feel that walking in these places? We can't hear you, Mike. Mike will be right back with us here. Yeah. Yeah. We- we do we, we sometimes have these technical difficulties but it ain't anything you know but uh, some of the nostalgic feelings that I felt when I, I stepped into these uh, worlds of poker, right hear you now but what one, yeah. one of the things is the actual the feelings of your house game you know sometimes I look for that to see if it has that nostalgic feeling you know before I play you know because I don't want to play in some Dumpy ass room. I'm sure if those who play poker, you want to go to the hot spots now, you know, and go to the casinos with, you know, good action. And uh, yeah, if anybody's listening outside of uh, Cleveland, Ohio, you come up to this poker room in, in Cleveland. And what I mean by that poker room is, I mean, anybody in the surrounding area it doesn't have to necessarily be the casino, but I'm saying anywhere in Cleveland, Ohio, you step into a poker world out here, you better have some serious, serious game because every single person at that table is a wolf you know wolf. a wolf yeah so
0: that's crazy yeah, can man. you hear me now i
1: can hear you now
0: okay good yeah it, it's it's crazy because like some of the best players i mean i've played everywhere i played in vegas i played in indiana i played in tunica i played yeah. you know river boats uh yeah. florida and like some of the toughest players are like grinding it out in Cleveland. It, it is truly like that movie Rounders. Like it really is, which is crazy. Like, yeah. tell me, tell me about. Like, it feels you tougher. Have any... than that movie. It's tough, yeah. man.
1: It is. It's tougher than that movie. You want the money out of there, or you know, when you're sitting down, you better have yourself not only a strategy, you better be on high alert. And if your brain isn't on that day, don't even show up because. You, you, you have every, every strategy in the book in that house. And, you know, even the women are super strong players there. So it's like, and I don't mean to, to sound like women are ever inferior in that way, but I'm just saying in a lot of poker rooms across the United States, the woman would be eaten up in our house. And it's just, you know, I I wish there was a way that they had like almost like an NBA where they had, you know, the best poker players from every place.
0: Compete. The All Star games. Yeah, yeah. All
1: Stars. Right. <laughs> and you know, we probably have a few people on the roster representing that, and it's just, too, it's, it would be hard to even design that roster here just based on how many, how many good p- uh, players, and yeah, how many just sharks are on that table. But it's a great game out here, man. It's very highly competitive. Um, I think that's one of the times I, I decided to actually live in Cleveland, as I was like, man, I, I go to other cities and I don't get the same rush in poker. I don't even feel like I'm playing. Honestly, in other mm-hmm. cities, I sometimes go there and it's actually boring. And I do some of the moves that some of the old timers taught me. And it just feels like, oh, my God, man, it's, it's truly taking candy from a baby in some of these other cities. So watch out for us. You're cut out again, Mike. All right. We're back to our technical difficulties. But no, have no fear, people. Mike Gabriel and Jay Chen are here. You know, if this is the first time you're tuning in, you know, you might want to turn the volume up and let's get cranking and let's get to the bottom of this because this is going to be one of those things where, you know, you spend some time with us in this mix, you might end up popping for some big cash too. We've been the guys in the, the industry who have already been, you know, making money in this and and doing this a long time, there's a lot of guys in the game I think of that are some of the strongest players in the land. Big shots out to uh, Yofi, big shots out to Egypt, huge player. Uh, big shots out to, you know, the Monsters. Uh, uh, rest in peace to Dominic. You know, Dominic. Oh,
0: man, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, if, if you're from the Cleveland area and you know about Dominic, Dominic was one of the, the, the guys who, who – He's like from the movie Rounders for some reason. Like, <laughs> like there's only so many people in the world that, that have that movie-esque type of feeling. But every time he spoke, you know, you're, you know, you were listening to a real one in the game. And uh, he's been there, done that kind of guy. And uh, yeah, all right. You know,
0: with with you saying that, you know, I'm on this. I'm on this new run, right? And <clears throat> I want to go from zero to winning a bracelet, a title, something. I want to win something big. Don't, and we I go, don't we all, right? I want to go from $0 and, and, and go to the max. And thinking about that, even this morning, I, I posted something, and I thought about my boy Tom Reeny. And Tom loved poker. That's how I met Tom. Oh, for was, real? Was at, a, was, at a, was at a game. And he, you know, he mentored me for a long time. And then he passed away, and I was like, oh, it was, it was a tough one. But I said, Tom, I'm winning this for you, Tom. Yeah, I'm bringing home a bracelet for Tom because me and Tom actually went out to Vegas and we played some WSOP games out there. Oh, nice! And we we played in some satellites to get to the uh, to the main event as well. So um, that that's the goal, man. That's what I want to do. It sounds Is great it, on paper,
1: though. Listen, I'm gonna say it sounds great on paper, but within that algorithm, you gotta account for the fact that a couple losses down the road or something. You might have to face the public and people and let them know this has been real and you're back to point 0.0. So how and many times I- are you willing to go back to point 0.0 to go do it again? Yeah. And then are you willing to expose the times that those losses really kicked your ass? And you I think you should, you know, if, if, Oh,
0: if- absolutely. I think that's what makes it real. And that's what makes it raw. Right? So the, the, the lucky enough I'm living in Florida and they have these tournaments at restaurants that yeah. allow me to play for free and have a chance to win one to two hundred dollars per night. I feel like sitting goes. So here's here's the plan. You tell me what you think of it. You tell me where it's flawed. Okay. So my plan is to take take uh, right now. I've won one tournament out of three. Okay. So tonight I'm gonna go play again, and <clears throat> so roll, right? these are free rolls. So I'm up hundred dollars right now. Okay. So the goal is to get to 300 once i can get 300 from these yeah. free tournaments i'm gonna take it i'm gonna go to a one two cash game okay now in the one two cash game i'm gonna sit with 300 but i don't plan on losing 300.
1: no one does and that's what i'm saying you no one does you have to be prepared for all angles even embarrassment
0: here live live yeah. people you know you absolutely in
1: fact yeah
0: i bought this small camera Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at the table while I play to record the hands I play and and document the journey. I'm sure. gonna take it tonight with me. Nice. So I did this like six months ago, and okay. I got up to 2,500, and then I moved, and then I stopped playing. Now how I, how I was doing it, I was taking the 300, I would make a hundred or two, it would turn into 500. And my goal is the next so the next jump for me would be a thousand. So the first jump, first first goal is gonna be three hundred dollars. I get to three hundred, take it to one two. I play one two cash until I get to a thousand. Now at a thousand, one doesn't mean I could I have to stop playing the free rolls. So I still might play the free rolls for extra monies here and there. But get get the cash game money up to a thousand, and then start playing multi table tournaments with hundred dollar buy ins, hundred fifty dollar buy ins that cash out five to ten thousand. Okay. Right. So so the goal is as I'm playing the tournaments for the one fifty, I'm still going back to the cash game and building that bankroll so that it supplements the tournaments.
1: Hey, that sounds like a winning program. And
0: I, it does, I, yeah, it sounds, exciting.
1: it sounds exciting, and I know you can do it. I mean, those who don't know, you know, Michael Gabriel acts like you know he, he's coming back to poker like uh, like someone who's just rusty and and shooting their sore jump shot. But let it be known, guys, Michael Gabriel's within the 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 names that I was mentioning above, which is like the, the true sharks, is that on Mike's best day, nobody you know, nobody is flooring Mike because. His game is so all over the place crazy that at times that you think he's playing conservative, he's really loose. And at times he's loose, you think he's being conservative. So, you know, there there is one of those things about Mike's game that is so dangerous and everybody in Cleveland knows it, that when they talk about the best guys, if you don't have him in your mix, you got – You got another thing coming. In fact, let's
0: go. Yeah, let's give me my props. Come on, Jeremy. How much money I owe you
1: for that? Let's go. Oh, I'm going to give you the flowers where they're deserved. Everybody knows that. And so, like, we we, we wouldn't, I wouldn't just say that. And I'm not trying to, you know, I'm never trying to uh, suck anybody's, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just that I'm trying to keep it 100 with people that play the game or that know the game. Is that, yeah, they haven't seen them on the tables in a while, but. They know that if, if if all the players in Cleveland that know each other sat down at a game, they know if they're at your table, every move on your side is to be watched because you're, you're exposed. And that's
0: why I I believe. That's why I believe without a shadow of a doubt that, okay, winning a, a big tournament like WSOP title, WPT title, okay, it, it, it is. It, it not only going to take skill, but it's going to take some luck. I got to like – I got to get lucky somewhere. And I understand that. But that doesn't mean I can't go far. And I know I can go far. So I, that's why I think I'm excited about this journey, because as I go through it, I mean, I tested it six months ago. And at, and just going from $0 to 2500 I mean, no, that's not like a ton of money. But I literally went from nothing, like $0. I don't even know how I got to the 25. I mean, I know how I did it, but it's kind of what I showed you. But once I hit 2,500, I knew I had the momentum to hit those bigger tournaments to get. Show them how it's done.
1: Show them how it's yeah. done. Let me ask you. So, what kind of duration are you thinking about in the in the time period, like from a zero, like to your to your race to a band, let's say? What what were you trying to do time wise to get that done? Is are you talking about a course of of a
0: week, two weeks, three weeks? Yeah. So, so right now the these free rolls. They happen every day, right? So if I was extremely and where aggressive. At? Where are these at? These free rolls. Man, they are at like Is they're about an been? hour. No, they're at restaurants. They they host restaurants and you can look it up. It's called Orlando Hold'em. <clears throat> and you go and you have a chance to win a hundred, two hundred dollars every night. You could play. So I'm not being aggressive to where I'm playing every night. I'm playing Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Yeah. So even just that, if I wanted to be more aggressive, I could play every day and, and I would get there quicker. Okay. But I'm a third of the way there. I've played three games. I'm gonna play tonight. If I hit tonight, this is tonight is a $200 night. So if I hit tonight, that's my $300. I then go the opposite way, which I'm in the middle. So I'm in <clears throat> I'm in Florida, but the place where I'm at, there's an hour to the casino to the left, and then an hour to the free rolls to the right. Wow so right now i'm driving an hour to play these free rolls and then once i get my 300 i'm going to the left and i'm going to go to the hard rock casino and i'm putting one two playing and um funny enough i spoke to harry binda is down here which he said he would hop on this podcast and he's he said he moved to tampa because there's so much action here
1: i've heard a lot about that because a lot of guys from cleveland and a lot of girls from cleveland i heard were down there in tampa i i wanted to play i think i went to hollywood or something is it down there Tampa or yeah, uh, yeah somewhere. Hollywood. Yeah, it was Hollywood back then, but that was the only one I I shot at. But um, listen to us, both coughing, man. Guys, get your uh, vitamins and your 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 your, your uh, all your immunity boosters. Get those going this year, guys, because you get sick in this city one time, it's over. I mean, you feel like you're sick all year. So yeah, I know.
0: But that, but that's funny you say that because part of this, when I think about this journey, it's more of a lifestyle, right? Yeah. Like I, I want to be at my peak game. I'm exercising more. I'm doing cardio. I changed up my diet. Like I'm doing and all that's these. What, that's what good poker is about. And people don't know that it's about yeah.
1: lifestyle. Like the guys who are winning, they're usually guys who have better lifestyle choices. And it's not to say all the time, there's probably the guy who's smoking cigars and old as hell who gets in there and he got all the luck in the world and that's great. But the guys who are compute, like, competing at the top game and the top performance, you can just tell they're smart decision makers. And usually you can tell that by people's health,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to be smart. <laughs> I have to pay attention, you know, like I have to be aware. Even when I'm in out of hands, I gotta I gotta be in it. So <clears throat> I'm excited because I know it's gonna hit and and I'm when I get there, I want you to come join me in some tournaments, man. Sure. So we can like knock them down together.
1: I was talking about igniting that way. You know, I, I have a fear, too, of letting the people in business know that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to be going this path and avenue. But if I could, you know, pick one profession in the world, it might have been poker player if it was only one. Right. Yeah. The good thing about life is to choose a lot of things. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's proven over time that this is a hobby that has long durations in it. And it's not something that. I, you know, if I do lose my money, I like losing it to the guys I'm playing with, to be honest. I know that sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but it's like a loss on the poker table doesn't feel as bad as it does when you're playing blackjack and you lost your money to the house.
0: So- Listen, for, for, for years, I've been trying to figure out a good hobby for myself. And I feel like I've been latching on to everybody else's hobby, but a hobby that I like. Right. So, yeah. you know, Matt, Matt's in the guns. I'm like yeah. okay, let's get into guns, and I think it's guns. And then I have another cousin; he's into golf, and I'm like, oh, let's get into golf. And there's something there's there's something missing about it for me. There that it, there's no love, there's no love for the game. But funny enough, I started playing, you know, back then six months ago, and I felt I fell back in love with the the, the thrill of it. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, I have a hobby that I love to do on top. It makes me money. Right. Everybody else's hobby is costing them. Matt right. is costing them a bunch of money. Golfing is costing you a bunch of money, but I have an opportunity to do what I love and make money. That's two things that I love the most business. I love making money <laughs> and well, I love the cards. Yeah.
1: So, and that's real. And that's real. And I, and I respect that. And I think everybody who hears that would respect that. And you know, I think people could definitely say, you know, knowing you that you're a winner in the game, whether that's relatively true for yourself or not, no one ever knows. But from a perception-wise, you're a winner in the game. And so that's that's half the battle is you're not gonna try to floor the guy who wins, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you do try the guy who floors you win that wins, it usually means that you got the nuts to even try that. And that that that's a good sign for you that. You already have a little edge right there, but I think that you know you you stick to being yourself and doing your thing. You everyone knows you'll probably hit those quotas and then some. But I'm anxious to see what you got. I mean, it's been a while. I, I, are you gonna Are you going to record tonight the game that you're going to? Yeah, I'm
0: gonna re- I'm gonna record tonight the game. Where can um, we
1: find the stream, or where can we see it?
0: <laughs> so I won't do the stream because it might be boring, right? I might I might thought I thought about like, do you stream it live and. You know, but I'll be playing for hours, you know, like even the free rolls, like I'm there three hours easy. So I was going to do a um, uh, maybe even a time lapse of me playing and all the cards that come through and see what cards I'm playing, see what cards I don't. Maybe even just chopping it up, too. So, you know, record the whole thing and chop up all the good moments and go from there. But it's going to be. on. Yeah. So I plan on putting it on. Definitely Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, uh, all all of the channels. I posted a a short video on this TikTok I have. I was like, look, I'm coming back six months. You know, I've been off. I'm coming back zero to a bracelet. And uh, I looked at it like a couple hours ago and it had like 1,800 views. And I'm like, damn, who wants to listen to my ass?
1: Those who are looking to get some wins, man. Talk to the winners. out here. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's been a pleasure, man. I mean, look, I'm going to follow you. I'd love to be back on the show again. You know, I'd love to touch base and see where you are with that. Uh, You know, uh, try to follow up with that content quickly. Like after you go play tonight, win, lose, or try. Even if you get knocked out the first hand, let us see what really happened, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah? That's the only way this is going to be real and authentic. It's the only way. That, you know, ultimately, you know, funny enough, there is more like I listen to this quote. There is more business in the business of poker than there is actually playing the game. So my hope is to not only make money, but also teach. Sure. Like how I play and like get people to win, because ultimately, man, when you think about the guys who, you know, play the house games and like they're getting pummeled on by their friends it's only a few small tweaks that they need that they'll kill everybody. Yeah. So Sometimes
1: sometimes their game is actually stronger outside that circle too. Like they they take that game elsewhere where they don't know that person's game. Then they're a a real firecracker. Because I noticed a couple times after I played, you know, in the surroundings with you guys, and then I'd go elsewhere. And, again, that's why I feel confident about our city. It's like, man, I feel like they gamed us up to, like, everybody is – consciousness in the game is rising. And so it's like, when you take that type of elevated game elsewhere, it's almost like you're playing varsity basketball versus JV because they don't even know, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm betting out of turn as a, as a move sometimes. And yeah. although I already know I'm ready to go push all in and I had made a move and I go, Oh, it, it's not my turn. And I, and I remember yeah. Dominic, when I do that move, I go, Oh, they're not ready for dominic here it comes and then i i do it and i I just those types of things and those feelings about you know uh, the city definitely has some reflection of your game and that's everybody because we're all you know uh we're all products of our decisions and we're also Mm -hmm. products of our environment and so you know, keep your environment non toxic. And you, that's how you roll, Mike. You're not a big drinker. You're not a big smoker. You're not doing anything like that. And I think that that's what makes your game edgy, too, is that, you know, you keep your sharpness there to where people realize, oh my God, this guy's making only smart decisions.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate well, couple that. Good
1: folds for me tonight. At least expose a couple good folds. Lay down the high ace if you don't hit your flop, and at least show your ace one time for me. Or do something to show a good fold. Show it on the table?
0: Like, like yeah. hey, I'm
1: yeah, show the high thing. pair fold. Tonight, you'll know your high pair. A king will hit. It'll be king, ten, jack, and the person's pushing all in you. You have a king with a shit kicker. Maybe we'll call it uh, an eight, something, king eight. Just show your king and sh- show them. I'm okay. That's all I'm asking. Show a good fold tonight, all right?
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right, man. All right. Thanks for topping on. I appreciate it. We're gonna all right, love again. you, bro. Hey.
1: Guys, tune in again in the Money Podcast with Mike Gabriel. He'll be here, guys. He'll hit his goal. I know it. If we have, if you oh, guys want any it. side bet action, call me. I know my man gets there. If you guys want side bets that he doesn't, let's do it. I say I three love weeks. It. I say three weeks. You're there.
0: Three weeks. I hit my 1K. Yeah, I'm, I think so. Listen, once I get the 300, then it's like fast tracks because I can turn 300 into a thousand one sitting. But typical last time how I was doing it, I was taking chunks of 200 200 200 that way I had a bullet to fire back when I went back to the game so okay. if I go broke at 300 then I go back to the to the free rolls until I get my 300 again how many I'll people it, are in this
1: free roll tonight
0: um there'll probably be around 16 or 20
1: okay that sounds doable all day,
0: all day. so doable so and really doable. I just got to get down to the last two because half the time the people want to chop there you go. Get it. There. All right. See I you, would man. say no chop tonight for you. No yeah. chop. I'm getting this 300. See All you. Right.
1: All right, my man. We'll talk soon. All Thank right. you. Bye. All right.